Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. And welcome to Dwell, a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschooling moms by homeschooling moms, now grandmoms. And we're so glad that y'all joined us. I'm Renee Mathis. I'm here with my co-host, Karen Kern. And while we know this is going out to a lot of homeschoolers, and we applaud you for the job that you're doing and getting ready to start your year up, we also know that sometimes as homeschoolers, we can use a little help. So, are you looking for online courses with Christian classical approach? Would your student benefit from small, intimate classes with personal, private feedback on their work? Well, Circe Online Courses offers 15-week semester and 30-week year-long classes in classical composition and literature, logic, Latin, and loving the lovely. All classes are taught by Circe apprenticeship trained, experienced, and dedicated classical educators. Our teachers use a classical approach to instruction and weekly assessment that focuses on mastery. We never grade with machines. Instead, we focus on each child as a unique person. Above all, with a focus on cultivating the soul of the student, we are dedicated to helping you cultivate wisdom and virtue in your children. A complete list of classes can be found at circeinstitute.org. And we encourage you to sign up today for the 2023-2024 school year. All right. Well, speaking of learning, today's topic is about learning. And it's actually about becoming a lifelong learner. Karen and I had a conversation a few weeks ago about things that we are both engaged in at the moment. and. This is not something, though, that's just for, for those of us who have completed our homeschooling journey, because um, I know Karen and I are both pretty busy, and we know that you are as well, but we still thought it would be a good idea to spend some time today talking about what it means to always be pursuing learning. I know for me, um, I came home from the Cersei Conference in July, realizing that I have a huge gap in my literary education, that I, I'm missing some chunks of what was considered British literature. And so I've decided to read Paradise Lost this year. I've, I've never read it. I'm encouraged, inspired. And so that's, that's my book project. 
for the next few months as we get through Paradise Lost. And um, then to the great delight and amazement of my husband, I've also decided to learn calculus because that is a big gap in my math education. And as an engineer, he is just that's a big gap in mine, too. <laughs> Probably a lot. Steve was thrilled. I mean, he's like this engineer who's going, you know, I thought you hated math. And I said, I know, but I have now found a classical calculus textbook, thanks to our friends at Roman Roads. And it's called Calculus for Everyone. And it actually is fun. I am really enjoying it. And I'm only in chapter three. So I'm sure it hasn't gotten hard yet. But I'm working on it. I'm working my way through it. So, Karen, I know that you have recently begun learning something that's new to you. So why don't you tell us about it? Yeah. So this summer, Andrew, my husband, had this crazy idea that we should together do the Greek apprenticeship. And he said, you should do the Greek apprenticeship with me. It will be fun. I went, (laughs) I should. And my first thought was, that's a crazy thought. And then I thought about it more and I thought, well, you know, it would be something we could do together. So that's good. And um, it might be fun. So that's good. And (laughs) (laughs) it's good to learn something. It's good for this old brain, you know, to learn something completely new. So I said yes. And um, it's it's hard. It's very hard. It's very good. And I'm doing I'm doing the Greek apprenticeship with Monique. Neil, she's an amazing, wonderful teacher and with other people, um, but there's no getting around it. It's hard. It's hard. And so we got talking about that and we thought, you know, it would be a good thing to to discuss on this podcast and encourage other people to do the hard things. I mean, not that homeschooling is not hard, <laughs> right. but to do something, you know, I think that I think that frequently, particularly if you have younger students, the content that you're teaching them is not hard. You know, you might have to learn a curriculum, but the skills that you're teaching your kids are not difficult. They're not things that you don't know for the most part. And, and of course, if you're teaching them, you know, upper school level math or sciences and you're learning it along, then you are definitely learning something mm-hmm. as well along with them. But there's also something to be said for just learning something for yourself. And mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to do that. And so I think we both just learned some things. Um, in the process that are helpful to to teaching and and learn some things about how to acquire new skills. You know, and when you're doing it yourself, um, you you take it right on. It's not just something you know, oh, I need to do these three things. When you're actually learning, you're doing it and you own it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's one thing that the more we discover about education and we we understand how beautiful classical education it is, not just because of what we're teaching and learning, but how we're teaching and learning, then school is never over. Um, so, you know, let, let's put an end to that whole, yay, school's yeah. out for the summer and I'm free. And, you know, well, if that's our definition of school, we probably need to rethink that. And and I know a lot of us are rethinking our definition and concept of school, but it, it, learning should never stop, right? We, we were made to learn and grow. And, you know, and I think, what does it mean to be a lifelong learner? I think, well, it just means pursuing knowledge or skills with the goal of becoming wise and virtuous. And if that sounds a lot like our definition of classical education, it is, and it should, because why should classical education stop when our kids, you know, leave 12th grade or leave college? 
So let's keep it going. Right. And that, you know, that's why it's never too late to pick up a hard book or to pick up a hard book again. Like you might've read the Iliad in college, but you're, and your kids might be too young. So you're not reading it with them yet. Maybe you're reading Black Ships or Troy or something, but it's never too late to pick it up again and read these hard things again, Mm -hmm. either in preparation for your kids doing it in the future or to read it with them or to just um, nurture yourself later. There's never a, never a bad time. Absolutely. And we should, you know, we never want to think, oh, just because I read, you know, Homer back in, back in the day, I'm done with Homer. You know, there's just talk, we could probably do a whole podcast on Homer. We probably should. Um, how, How rich it is and how much there is to glean from that, that why would we want to ever think that we're done with it? Right. It, it, it's something that's so interesting and exciting that, that, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about thinking about the possibility of a Homer podcast. So, we yeah. And you, you know, leading a, an apprenticeship, you cycle through that. We do. Frequently. We do. You know, you do, you do that. Um, I haven't read it that as many times as you have, but I'm re, I'm reworking on the Iliad now. Well, I guess so. In the original language, it sounds like. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, I'm reading it. I'm actually reading Wes Callahan's version. Isn't it good? Yes, yeah. I am too. And I have a yeah. right here next yeah. to me. But if, in case you're thinking, okay, Renee and Karen, you know, learning, <clears throat> I, I can't learn Greek. I'm not in a place where I can learn calculus. Under We understand. So you might want to think about learning maybe a new skill. If the the idea of taking on a new academic subject right now is is just not in your season of life, maybe there's a skill that is, right? Because, you know, even something like baking sourdough bread, and I I just, the only reason I'm thinking about that is because I revived my sourdough starter last week, and I'm still amazed that I didn't kill it. Um, (laughs) But it's like, you know, a skill, you think, well, you know, something like baking sourdough bread can make me wise. And I would say yes, because when you learn to do that well, it teaches you how to think, right? You can search out cookbooks and sources and authors and experts, and you watch videos and you interview your friends who are really good at doing this, and you collect information, and then you test it out in your own kitchen, and you experiment, and you refine, and you practice, right? All of that is you're learning, and you're engaged with this subject and this subject area. And then then you get to share it with other people. And what's what's more virtuous than giving someone a freshly baked loaf of bread or sitting down and at a table? If you're doing it in your home with your kids, they're seeing you learn something new. Or yeah. if you're doing something new in your garden, or if you're trying to figure out how to do some, I don't know, some kind of skill, you're, you're laying floor or you're putting a new patio in your, whatever homemaking skill you need to learn your kids watch you learn. And I think that they can take some cues from how you handle the learning and how you handle the frustration that comes always with learning. And so maybe sourdough doesn't turn out and you don't say, well, I'm never doing this again. You know, you say, oh, well, let's try again. And yeah. and when they see you try again with something that's hard, that's encouraging. Even if they yeah. don't say, oh, that's so encouraging, mom. But they're not going to oh. say that. But they're going to take that in. And they so will. that is a way we live life. 
Yes. And, and that, that is forming your children. They're going to grow up in a home, in a culture where it's okay to experiment. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to learn something new. And um, I mean, that's what we want. That's what we want our homeschools to be like. Yeah. So, um, what are, so, so Karen, um, let's, let's talk about the hard, the hard things about learning something new. Um, what, well, what is the hardest thing about learning Greek right now? Um, the, well, that's not a that's not hard to answer. <laughs> well, you know, Greek has a different alphabet, so in learning a new alphabet and new sounds, and there are sounds, there are some letters in Greek that actually look like the English alphabet letters, but they don't have the same sound. And so I'm having to learn that something that looks like a V actually says N. And something that looks like an N actually has an H sound. Those are just two of them. Um, And so in learning, for me, in learning the alphabet, I am humbled to the point of, I don't even know what this is. I don't even know what this symbol is. I don't remember the sound. And yes, I learned it yesterday, but I'm learning it again today. You know, and I sound out a word, I sound out a sentence in the same pace that an early first grader sounds out a sentence. And, um, and it's, in a sense, it's humiliating. I mean, I'm getting better. So it's also building confidence in me, but it takes me back to teaching and teaching my own children how to read and watching my grandchildren read. And I will never say to anybody again, oh, we learned that yesterday. <laughs> As if they should remember it today. Right. <laughs> you know, so, so I think it think well, it's taught me that learning something new really is hard. And hard is good if you give yourself the time and you make your daily expectations of what you're learning reasonable. And I don't mean keep your expectations low because then maybe you're not learning what you should be learning, but keeping it reasonable to the task and expecting it to be hard and expecting to relearn things. Mm-hmm. Over again, over, like, you know, repetition, repetition in language. You can think you know a word and you see it and you go, oh, I don't remember what that word is. And so you look at it in context of the sentence and maybe you have to finally look it up in the English translation again. But you know, I think that that's what I've what I've learned is that in this learning anything is hard the first time you're learning it to be easy right. on yourself and the and in and in the same way to be easy on your students when they're learning something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's that's so true. It takes repetition and it takes just commitment every single day i mean you can't you can't just study your you know study your heart out on monday and put it away for five or six days and pick it right and that's true whether a first grader is learning to read or i'm learning greek or you're learning any language or you're learning math the same thing right same thing with math needs Mm -hmm. to be because it builds on what you've learned yesterday right Um, i know things that i'm i'm excited about and thinking about was First of all, with Paradise Lost, um, was to find people that were excited about it and knew more than I did, because I knew I couldn't just jump into this all by myself. I needed a, a I needed a guide. <laughs> I, needed, I needed a Virgil to take right. me through. And so, um, 
you know, one of the first things I did is, and and I'm happy to plug plug this Cersei thing that we do is I went to that we Cersei had done a 90 minutes with the classics webinar a few years ago, and Jonathan Rogers did exactly more than 90 minutes where he walked us through Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. So I, I downloaded that and watched that. I thought, okay, now I, I have a little bit of a context. I have someone to to lead me and I kind of know where we're going with this. And I got a couple of his recommended books to kind of to, to kind of walk me through it. So that gives me a little bit more confidence that you know I I can do this. Yeah. And the other thing is, like with this calculus tech book, they um they say in the introduction, you know, get a notebook and there's going to be review questions at the end of each chapter. And we want you to write them all down. I, at the end of each chapter, work every problem and answer all the questions. And I know probably, you know, several years ago or in my arrogant, I know everything teenager years, I probably would have said, I don't need to do that. Right. I I, I can just read it. Mm, and yeah. but I know better now. <laughs> So I feel like if the author tells me to do this so that it will help me get more out of it, I will do that and get more out of it. And it is, it is, it is a humbling experience. You're submitting yourself to someone else's book and saying, I trust you to teach me through this, to take me through this. Yeah. But I'm going to have to do the work. So how long, when you're studying calculus and you sit down with your books, how long do you take at a time? Um, I can probably work through, well, right now, I say, I, I'm not really into the heavy numbers part. I'm more into the philosophy part, yeah, which okay. is finding it so fascinating. I had no idea that calculus originated back with the early Greek philosophers who were asking questions about why and how things change. Oh, and that, that's really the origin of calculus. And I had no idea. And so there's a lot of philosophy in these first couple of chapters. So I'd probably spend an hour per chapter reading it and then writing down the end. There's there's sometimes, you know, between 40 and 50 questions at the end of the, the chapter. So I read it and review and write them down. And, and then that's neat because that gives me something to review before I launch into the next chapter the next time. So, yeah. 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 Well, I, I can. So with Greek, I can. Um, if I'm working my workbook and I just kind of forget the time. I can work for, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. But Andrew and I have found that if we're reading a passage together and translating it and thinking about the cases and the gender and the singular plural and the word meanings, that we do it in like 15-minute chunks. So Mm -hmm. 15 minutes, we try to do it twice a day for 15 minutes. And then I work a little bit on my own too. Um, because he's he's much further ahead than I am, as is everybody else in the class. Um, so I, but I find like when we were at the Greek apprenticeship and we had, um, you know, full days and we would go for like I don't know an hour and then take a quick break. I found that I just needed that break so much that physically, you know, when you're focused on something. Mm-hmm. Um, you're working hard and you're straining yourself to learn and to memorize and to remember and to pay attention and to not be looking out the window. You know, it it's exhausting. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it it just took me back to teaching and having, you know, remembering Charlotte Mason's, you know, advice of short lessons. So, oh. you know, if I if if I as an as you know, an old adult. <laughs> need shorter lessons how much more 
as a child needs short lessons with yeah. chances to move their body in between outside. Absolutely. Oh, and speaking yeah. of Charlotte Langston, another thing that I've learned was is the value of when I close the book and put it away and then try to tell Steve what I learned that day. Oh, so yeah. I'm narrating, right? I'm narrating the what I learned in that chapter and trying to tell it back to him, which of course forces me to think about it more and it helps consolidate and fix it a little firmer in my memory um, with that exercise. So that's another, you know, that's another thing that. Oh, that's such a, that's something that we all can work on when we're reading is narrating back to ourselves. Matt Bianco just did a, a little um, session for our Sunday school teachers um, to prepare them for teaching this year. And he did some exercises with us on narration and it was really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Just to realize how close you have to listen and remember Mm -hmm. and say back and how, when you say it back, sometimes people remember things just a little bit differently and, or sometimes you forget something and somebody else fills it in. And that was really, it was kind of a fun, fun thing to do with a fairy tale. It's good for us to go back and sit metaphorically sit in those little chairs again, right? No kidding. (laughs) We learn these things. I know. Well, let's talk about what, um, what are some things we can do? So, so let's say we we've convinced you homeschool mom that you you want to go back and learn something, or you want to find something that you can work on as a skill. Um, What are some good first steps that, um, that you can take? And, and so I made, I made a list because I'm a list person. Yeah. Well, the first thing is you could look for a gap in your own knowledge. Yeah. And what Karen and I did. Um, what is something that you never learned, but you think you should have learned, or you think you should know, or what's something you never read, but you really wish that you could say, I have read this book. I would like to learn more from this author. So that's that's just a good first question to ask or or a skill, right? What is what is something that you would like to learn how to do, maybe just for fun right now, or maybe with the later goal of um using it to love and, and serve your neighbor mm. and, and learning a skill for fun is fine. I mean, maybe, maybe you want to crochet or learn to garden or, or bake that thing. Um, or, you know, a sport, a sport. Yeah. Or maybe you want to learn to ski or whatever. Right. Yeah. So um, another question, if you're still searching for something, is there something that would help your homeschool at the same time? Right. Maybe there is that subject that you're a little afraid of. Um, that you need to conquer. So um, again, it's a good example for our kids that we don't, we're not afraid of learning new things and, and we don't want to communicate to them, you know, well, I hate math. So therefore you're probably going to hate it too. Um, As Andrew always says, we don't hate it. We just hate not being able to do it. So maybe there is a way there or something that you could take those little steps you know, to learn how to do, or, or again, back to skills, maybe, maybe there's a home management skill that you could use some extra proficiency. Yeah. Maybe you want to learn how to sew curtains or fix a toilet or, or something like that. So um, the first thing is just to identify the gap we are, right? What is it that you would like, like to fill? And then second, what is one small thing you can do to make that thing happen? Like check out a library book. Or talk to your talented friend or older woman at church and ask for help, or um, watch that YouTube video, or yeah. commit to reading. You know, so many minutes per day. 
And just that one small thing, you know, what is this one small thing I'm going to do to get started? We all know that the first step is usually the hardest. And and once we have a routine and a habit, it's going to be a little easier. Um, Yeah. And then, and then the more you do those small steps, more inspired you'll be like, I'm imagining, you know, you want to know how to do something around your house. So you watch a YouTube video and then you watch another one, you know, when you, you see, okay, what would I need to do? What do I need to go get to do that? And you start to make your list of how you're going to conquer it. Exactly. Because when you see other people do it, it maybe it doesn't become so, so daunting um, or, you know, unimaginable. Yeah. There's YouTube videos on everything. (laughs) There's so many YouTube videos. Um, And and third, I would say find someone to be accountable to. So, you know, Andrew, you, I mean, Karen, you and Andrew have each other to bounce your freak learning off of, but you know, so who is one person in your life that, that could ask you, how is this going? You know, who who would be excited to hear about your progress and and ask them if if they would mind if if you know checking in with you or if you reported to them every few weeks and, and let them know how it's going. But it's nice to to do this as part, you know, in a community, even if that community is just you and one other person who's gonna be excited for you. Yeah, uh, and assess, right? We we always have to pair assessment with learning. And that's a good thing. Assessment is not a bad thing. Um, and, and you might say, well, okay, in three months, I will evaluate whether I'm making progress or not. And do I need to change or adjust something? Or even if it's just my expectations or my goals, or uh, maybe I need to use a different book, or, or maybe I need to try it at a different time of day. Uh, maybe you decide whether to continue or not. Um and then also remember, assessment is not just looking at what needs to change, but it's also looking at what's going well. And it's okay to tell yourself, this is going really well, and I've benefited in this area. This is one thing. And I would say, write it down, celebrate it. Um, you know, in three months, I'm going to say, I have I am this much farther than I was three months ago. Yeah. And, and that's a great thing to, to look at and, and to, to get excited about. There's always something good that we can find. Um, and that includes with our own pursuit of yeah, wisdom. So if, you, so if you choose something really hard, like Greek, where you know nothing, then three weeks later, you can say, look at all I know. I can read this little story in the beginning of the book. I know all these words I didn't know before. Like the 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 difference between knowing absolutely nothing and knowing something is a lot <laughs> in just yeah. a few weeks. So, you know. I mean, it's just just a tiny, tiny drop in the bucket of Greek, but you know, it's a good it's a good example of of how you know you realize you really are learning something. You are, yeah. I'm so excited for you. I, I've got to tell you a funny story. When we were in Greece in May, um, when we're driving along and I'm, and I'm trying to read the street signs, which are really hard because they're <laughs> in a different language and alphabet. Um, when you're on that little highway. The, the sign to get off the highway, it says Exodus <laughs> <laughs> instead of exit. I thought, so if we take this Exodus and we get off this highway, we will be wandering for 40 years. 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> will there what, be manna? <laughs> what an adventure we could have, you know, just your Exodus is right here. You're just going to take it. Um, so no, you're, you're, you're doing a different kind of adventure. Yeah. It's not going to take you 40 years. Don't worry. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, there's and there's always there's always things to learn. Like even when we don't realize it, we're learning new things. We're having new experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, even if we're even when we're not meaning to, sometimes we have to learn something because we have to learn it. You know, right? And and just um, staying curious, you yeah. know, and and learning that. Oh, so you know, I read something on the internet. I think I'm not going to jump to conclusions, but instead, I'm going to try to see what terms they're using and how they define them and, and think about it before I, you know, just come to a rash decision or something. So it's just that, that skill of learning to think well. And we as adults need that more than ever. I think. Yeah. Especially when there's so much information at our fingertips. Right. You know, and you have to sift through it. And if you have a question about, of course, everybody knows this, but if you have a question about anything, all you have to do is Google it and the answer will come right up. And, you know, that's like a well of riches in a sense, but it's also overwhelming and um, it can take away our um, opportunity to do real, um, real work, you know, yeah, I yeah, real investigation. Right. Well, I, I love the quote from um, Norms and Nobility with, with David Hicks. And to summarize it, he's basically saying, why would you want to be a teacher if you're not a person who loves to learn? And I think that's that's a wonderful goal to shoot for. If, you, if you're a teacher right now, and maybe you're brand new to homeschooling, and you don't love to learn, perhaps because of the way you were taught or the school experiences you have. And, and you're thinking this sounds like the farthest thing away from, you know, where I am right now. We just want to encourage you to keep going. And, and because you were made to learn <clears throat> that, that God put that into us, um, just trust, trust the process and it will happen. It, you will get to a point where you do get excited about learning and, and your kids will love to learn as well. When we teach them like, like human beings and, and, and treat them as these little image bearers that we get the, the privilege of working with. Um, it, it's pretty exciting. So we want your houses to be a place where there's a whole lot of learning going on and a whole lot of joy along with all of that learning. Yeah. And, and, and there's so much community to be had learning with your family. What's better than that? Learning with your kids and watching, watching the excitement on their face as you learn something new together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking about this today, Renee. And I hope that all of our listeners are encouraged and inspired maybe to pick up something new that they've been wondering about. So thanks. And here's to home. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.